ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy. I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot. I ain't really got a lot of thoughts, I just pack them in a box. So I popped up on this pod, now I'm outside of the box. When I pop up on the clock, last thing I think is talk. See, I'm winning it now, loving it three and a thou. They peeping my style, keeping it now, steadily growing my Dow Jones. Oh no, these kids be thinking they prowl. Oh no, no, immediately throwing the towel. See, when it's different, it's different. Go position by position, ain't no issue commission. As a commission, I just listen. They envision my vision and my division. I'm stealing, cause I be willing and dealing. Find me the trade, cause I'm a fiend. I'm a junkie, ayy, and I'm a junkie, ayy. Ain't no denying my supply, I'm a junkie, ayy. See, I'm a junkie, ayy, and I'm a junkie, ayy. Be getting high off my supply, I'm a junkie, ayy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 120 of the Dynasty Junkies podcast, a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts podcast network. I am your host, Rocky Pacella at Dynasty FF Addict, uh, here with, uh, I think he's been hosting for like the last two months now, uh, <laughs> Andrew at Andrew Hall FF. Uh, he took a few weeks off, and he's like, I'm just going to do everything the rest of the year, I think, or something. Uh so we, we got another scintillating game here we're, we're broadcasting during Andrew, but uh, how you feeling tonight? Oh, I'm great. And honestly, like, welcome to my show, Rocky. This has been very nice of you to come back <laughs> to the Dynasty Junkies. Uh, yeah, I appreciate you having no. me on, Andrew. <laughs> no, no, I know you've been busy with all the other things you got going on. I was glad to take a couple of weeks there at the beginning of the season and then come in strong here. But now we got a couple of weeks I'm going to be off again, so... You know, that's the benefit of having multiple hosts. We get to be flexible. So, no, it's good to be here with you tonight. Looking forward to chatting it up. Yep, and we got we got a great guest with us tonight. Uh, the I, Part of the ironically named Dynasty Dummies because uh, they feature two of the smartest men I know in, in Zach Reed and, and this man we have here tonight uh, gracing us with his podcast presence, J. Mike Jack. J. Mike, how you doing? Listen, I don't know how much I need to slide you uh, up in Philly for this <laughs> for this great uh, introduction that you're giving me and all this love and kindness, but I'm grateful for it. And I'm grateful to be able to join you guys. It's a long time coming, uh, and, I, and I'm just happy for the for the time to be with you guys. I appreciate it. Yes. Well, I guess, Andrew, we were talking just before the show. I guess you want to go into our little, uh, our little sponsor read here, and then, and then we'll get moving. Sure, yeah. So, obviously, if you've listened to the Junkies, I don't know if the Dummies are sponsored – but you should be, but the junkies are sponsored and are still sponsored by the one and only manscape. So obviously we got to do this terrific read that they gave us support for the dynasty junkies is brought to you by manscaped. Who is the best in men's below the waist grooming? Their products are precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle join over 7 million men worldwide who trust manscaped with this exclusive offer for you 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code junkies at manscaped.com. If my math is correct, that's about 12 million balls. I love that line. I never say it, but it just that is one of the funniest things in an ad read I've ever seen because it's actually more like 14 million balls. I don't know if they noticed they did the math wrong. But all that aside, the performance package 4.0, definitely worth it. Uh, we are able to get those and got to try it out. Phenomenal. I know we're big fans. We talked about it before. Anyone who's listened is very much well aware. But honestly, even the T-shirt and the boxers are terrific. So highly recommend you check that out. Use code junkies at manscaped.com. 20% off, do yourself a favor, buy yourself a Christmas gift, and uh, the ladies in your life, or lady if you're single and, and on the single lady track there, will love it. 
That's all. Yeah, and at this at the beginning of the show, a lot of times we will go into the news and notes of the week, and we there's no news. Uh, so uh, yeah, luckily we had like no major injuries this week. Uh, you know, we had a coach firing, but I don't think that's going to have much of a dynasty effect on anything, unless unless you guys do and want to talk about it. But uh, so since we don't have any news, I, I think J Mike should break the news that you know open bar is coming back. So. <laughs> <laughs> or at least, you know, you, you, what you should do is at least, like, you ever have one of those TV shows that's prematurely canceled and they bring everybody back for a TV movie? <laughs> Give us one yeah, last open say. bar for closure. <laughs> Listen, I, I I can't believe you're just going to bypass the news of Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro both going on the IR. I can't that's believe true. that. That's you, true. Uh, I, I forgot that just happened today. <laughs> I can't believe you just shuffle them to the back. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, golly, Darren Waller, does he even play football anymore? The really? the uh, the Open Bar Podcast. Um, I'm one half of that. I'm grateful to that to be that, and obviously my much better half, Gabe Gearing, at FF Man Bun. Uh, we I wish you all could sometimes be in our be in our text message threads, just how we go back and forth about all sorts of things and how we were trying to gear back up to to kind of get back into this swing, and then uh, I'm working on possibly uh, we're buying a home and we might be moving or not might be like we're, we're we're moving here in the next few weeks and just all sorts of craziness going on so my my hope is that we'll get some sort of rhythm back at some point to be able to to bring back the open bar uh to that was to its former it. glory because we, we you're we moving in with gabe you're moving in with Gabe. That's what I said. Like you, you and Gabe are buying a house, yeah, the open together. bar house. Is that what this is? This is phenomenal. News. If my wife open, was on board with it's moving the open house, <laughs> the open house in Austin, Texas. Let's <laughs> be amazing. Let, let's ride. <laughs> oh, but, wow. yeah, but, yeah. yeah, I know you guys always used to say it's your favorite podcast, favorite podcast, and that is so true. Yeah. I think like every yeah. podcaster freaking loved that show, and everybody else did too. But. I, I heard so many podcasts would mention the open bar. I love the open bar. So I do hope someday you guys can find the time to, to at least do it periodically. So also yeah. to just the, the community aspect. And I know I don't want to sit here and yes. belabor it with you guys, but like just the community aspect, bringing a bunch of different voices in, uh, yes. letting everyone be heard and everyone having a great time in the chat as well. It's just, uh, it was, it's, it's a oh. unique experience. So we, we hope to be able to, to, to bring that back in a major way. No place like the open bar chat, man. That was by far the <laughs> yeah. best. Play. I mean, the front yard fantasy guys are getting pretty good. I do like their yeah. chat. That's, that's a very lively awesome. chat on their show, and they're terrific guys. But it just—it's got that feeling of the open bar chat to me, and that's why mm. I like it. It's just anybody's welcome. All ideas here. Let's go talk. I just—I uh, miss it. I miss it. Yeah, and I remember when. Uh, just to finish it up here, I remember when uh, we started this podcast, me and Dustin, uh, back in 2020. And you think you invited us on, on or maybe invited ourselves on, I don't remember. But you let us come on in August of that year. And uh, I, that's when I felt we had made it. Like, we're, they let us come on the open bar. So, uh, <laughs> Mama made it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we, were, oh, we were at least, uh, you know, enough of a thing that they let us come on the open bar. So, uh, but anyway, love the show and hopefully we'll hear from it again. But, uh, Andrew uh, had put on here kind of a, I thought was a great idea. Wanted to talk to J Mike. Um, he often talks about, uh, you know, getting an edge or winning at the edges and things like that. So 
just wanted to kind of get into what the, what that means to you, Jay Mike, but and also kind of maybe what your process is at this time of year. We're kind of halfway through here. You 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 definitely know at this point what your team is. We're getting closer to the playoffs, so I just threw a whole bunch of stuff at you. So talk. <laughs> so words, English language. I've uh, been taking yes. Spanish on Duolingo. It's been great too. Uh, no, <laughs> so when we when I at least when I oh wait wait Jay Mike wait 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 give me one second because uh, oh yeah. I forgot to do this because I know you'll enjoy this, Jay Mike. We're going to talk some Dynasty Strategy. Dynasty Strategy. Dun- <laughs> <laughs> you recognize that voice? Harv in the March? Yeah, I know <laughs> yeah, that voice. <laughs> Brian Harv, what up? Okay, now continue. Uh, there you go. That's, that's <laughs> outstanding. Well done. The, so when you think about edges, and I feel like a lot of people probably talk about it at this point, but uh, with so much information free flowing throughout, whether it be the the million and one podcasts that are out, whether it be the million and one dynasty or fantasy websites, uh, information is flowing like crazy, and and so information it doesn't really feel like it's the the edge that it once was because a lot of folks are all uh, regurgitating a lot of the same information in the same echo chambers. And so at least what I'm finding or what what has tended to be a case for me over the last few years is just being the first to market in my leagues. And when I just say first to market, one of the one of the edges that continues to remain is when you take the time to declare yourself as either uh, a contender in that season or being someone who um, is selling off and trying to build an, an asset chest. And again, the sooner that you can get to market while everyone's still thinking and having hopes about what's going to be happening and what they can do and how they can slide into the playoffs and make noise, the sooner that you can get there, the quicker that you can actually be in a position to uh, essentially take advantage of a market that has not been built yet. Like you get to establish that in either direction. Uh, And so to, to piggyback on the latter point that you had, Rocky, what we're doing at this point now in the season uh, a, lo- a lot of my teams have declared what they are. And so now it's a case of just refining whatever that looks like, Sque- squeezing every single bit of value specifically from a trade aspect um, and, and trying to be able to lean into it. So if I've got a lot of assets and I know that I'm trying to make sure, hey, is there a way that I can pick up whatever running back this is and just squeeze a third uh, from someone who might be able to use them? Whether it be I, I a wonder black what league. From- I was just going to say, I wonder what league you could be talking about where you have a lot of assets, James. <laughs> <laughs> I got several, several leagues, Rocky, where I got a lot of, a lot of assets. Well, there's I mean, one that I'm in that comes to mind specifically. But, Tech okay. Mobile. Yes, Tech Mobile. Yeah. No, that's not it. <laughs> we, I swear every week we talk about Jane Lake's team on Trade Addict. So, TA6. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, that is still J Mike, Mike Invitational. That, that's what that's the goal. That right? was amazing. Yeah, like that's pretty much what you're talking about here in, in a really yeah. extreme case. Is if you're first to the market and you can lock down all of those picks before everybody else. I mean, it's sort of like it reminds me. Uh, and I don't know if this is. I'm sure it has been brought up, but it's the first time you and I have talked about it. It, it kind of reminds me of that, like that Jet Li movie where there can only be one. You know, mm. like every time you acquire a pick, you get more powerful. But then it's so hard to acquire that. 10th and the 11th and the 12th like they get harder and harder because everyone knows what you're up to and so the costs get higher and higher mm-hmm. and i just think that's where you're exactly right the earlier you can do that the better and i guess the on that point and maybe this is a spot to jump in for a break and a question in a sense but is it too early 
to go for 24 picks? Or does this sort of feel like the time if your team is bad and you don't have 23 picks, is this where you're like, you know what? I'm double tanking. I'm going two years out. I'm trying to play, you know, chess while everyone's playing checkers kind of a thing. Or is that just crazy talk at this time of year? And and I feel like that's such an awesome question because it makes people think about how they value picks from a distance. I've, I've all, I've tended to be uh, in these last few years specifically, I've tended to be a person. It doesn't matter to me if it's this, this next year's worth of picks or the year thereafter, if it's a first round pick, it may not be something that people are excited about now, but just as soon as draft process comes around, all of a sudden people are now eyeballing the next class or eyeballing what's next. Oh man, I've only got a third and fourth over the next two years. Like, what am I going to do with this? And so regardless Mm -hmm. of what your status is, the thing that I'm finding league after league, regardless of, of league type, regardless of league uh, folks who I'm in the league with, it doesn't matter. Valuing the firsts or valuing picks regardless of the year is still something, especially from a distance, like you can get value on future picks. I feel like that's just really easy found money left and right Mm -hmm. that you can leverage. And even in in, like, and Rocky made mention momentarily about a league uh, that that we're both in obviously trade addict six. And I think earlier in the year I had traded him uh, a pick for, I'm excuse me. He, he traded me one of his picks in 24, might have been I can't remember if it was the Javante Williams trade or somebody else yeah. in there. Yeah, so, as you guys were talking, I was thinking of that the Javante Williams for 24 first. Trade. Yeah, Javante gets hurt. I span the <laughs> league for just give me a 24 first. I'm like if uh, he comes back and he breaks the world on fire, great. Uh then probably if I wanted to have him back, then I'd have to probably pay on top of that 24 first. But maybe he never gets back to that 24 first value. Maybe it is a can maker situation. Maybe it's somewhere in between. But either way, I have this asset that I know is only going to be going up from here. And I feel really good about being able to be creative with that asset, whether I hang on to it, whether I use it to pair with something else to try to upgrade somewhere. The the and and this is one of those things where when people get away from the kind of the science pieces of dynasty and they lean into more creative, and I and I feel like creatives tend to have more fun. When, mm-hmm. when, you, when you get to be creative and get to kind of make it your own and do do weird things and people things that people may not like or enjoy with the pick, but you get to do it and you get to have fun and make it your own, that makes, for me, a much more enjoyable experience, uh, especially when it comes to those 24 picks. So I'm, I'm all about the 24 picks right now. I'm all about uh, – I don't have any leagues where like 25 would be. But even at the beginning of the year, sweet, you don't have any 23rds or you don't want to uh, trade a 23rd, fine. Let, let me see what that 24 first is about, uh, because those those assets just keep paying off over and over. Whether again, you, you get so much freedom to be able to play around with it. For, for, first of all, I, I don't don't you put that evil on Javante Williams, Jay Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Range of outcomes. Range of outcomes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I am such a, a Javante guy, but yeah, that's definitely scary given the timing of the injury and how serious it was. Uh, there's definitely a chance that it doesn't pay off, but that's a that, that trade I thought was like a, like a perfect example of of knowing your team, knowing your league. Like J, like we said, Jay Mike has a great team there. And, and by the way, also had this is why he does too because he has multiple twenty three firsts in that league on top of the ridiculous players, and now he's figuring out ways to get twenty four firsts. You know, two years out. So I mean, that's another way, kind of like we're saying, winning at the edges. Like if, if you already have a good team, you can you can afford to to send off a Javante Williams, uh, even if you believe in his future, and and get that twenty. Even if it's you know some might consider it a discount, but. Yeah. And, you know, two years from now when he's drafting like Trevion Henderson with that 24 first, that might look pretty good. So, 
Well, I, I'll jump in with this. I think your, your logic of, uh, you know, Javante is most likely a descending asset and the 24 first is guaranteed an ascending asset, right? Mm-hmm. So really what you're just, what you're doing is just looking at the arrows, really. Maybe that's the simplest way to put, I mean, I'm oversimplifying the process, but it's like, I wouldn't necessarily agree he's a descending asset. Well, I'm saying likely, I'm not saying will be, but like, as of right now, there's going to be some bumps. There's going to be, hills Oh, he's not. yeah, but I think a year from now, he, he'll be ascending again and he'll be worth more than a 24. Very likely. Yeah, no, but if he's ascending from his low, you know what I mean? Like it's it again, it just kind of varies on how you want to look at it. And I think the other part that I love about that strategy is that it makes it fun. Like you said, like, just go have fun with it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I we we've talked about this I think over and over and over again. I mean there there is this whole process over results kind of crowd and all of this. And I'm I'm a fan of doing process over results, and I think that there is some logic to that. But at the same time, fun overall else. You know what I mean? Like if it's not fun, what are we doing? I mean there are definitely times and in, in teams and specific trades and everything where I get really analytical and I'm like, hey, listen, let's go entirely right brain on this. Let's look at this and, and pick it apart. And then there are other trades where I'm just like, F it, smash, accept. You know what I mean? Just like, oh, let's see what happens. You know what I mean? Like, why not? This guy really seems to want this player. And I just, why am I fighting it? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So it kind of varies from team to team, too. There are some leagues where it's just way more fun and light and like trade addicts leagues. There's always trades going on. So it's like, if I screw it up, I'll be fine. Then there are others like my home league where I haven't had a single trade all season. And I just don't know because everybody's like, no, no, you must know something. And I'm like, trust me, I don't. I don't. I'm just trying to get a damn trade done. Bolster my Ms. running back group, you know. Miss Cleo, call me now for your free reading. Uh, <laughs> no, I keep telling people if I knew what was going to happen, I wouldn't be playing fantasy football with you idiots. You know what I mean? Uh, like I'd be out there making tons of money. Um, can, but can anyway, we, can we get in the weeds quickly? We don't for have sure. to linger. I love getting in the weeds, James. Yes. All right. So, so um, let, let's let's just do a quick run through of the Javante Williams and uh, future first talk or hurt running back, insert hurt running back here, future first talk. Um, I I think in my mind, uh, and it took me a while to get to this point, but even with these young guys, first year, second year, um, the, the, the road back, not simply their health, but their road back in value is is like is like tomb raider or something or like the mm-hmm. temple run game yes where it's like i'm running desperately for my life just to be able to make this turn just in time before the wrecking ball hits me and so i just think about when we look at the future first or we look at the future picks they they just kind of have this steady growth form and, and i don't know i don't want to get into the weeds of like stocks and things of that nature but like you, they just kind of have the steady growth. We know we know what's going to happen with them. We know that they're going to keep going in a specific direction. Bad class, great class, meh class. It doesn't matter. It's going to kind of keep moving in a specific direction. With the Javante Williams piece, with Brees Hall, with many of the others. Uh, and Brees Hall is kind of a unique case because he's a rookie. Um, right. And what he was showing, I think people are just going to be super excited, right? Uh, but yep. with Javante Williams, we were, we were excited. They wouldn't give him the backfield. And then they still wouldn't give him the work, even when Melvin Gore was messing up. And then finally we think, okay, Melvin's getting benched, and then he gets hurt. And so now he's heading into year three. We're Obviously, we're going to be looking for the hype videos of him uh, making cuts and running and jumping on boxes and all those things. And all that's oh, great yeah. because we want to see him. we want to see him well. But what has to happen now is if you're the person that's taking on him as an asset or that type of player who's hurt right now as an asset you're now having to continue to weigh am i gonna stay in 
am I going to stay in? With every piece of news, with every blurb, with every time he has to sit to get his knee drained, every time he has to uh, get iced or whatever the case is, he misses time, there's a setback. Uh, or even if he's ahead of schedule, you have to still constantly reevaluate the entire time. Am I still in? Do I need to get out? Do I need to do something different with this asset? Or am I just believing upon hope upon hope that when he comes back, that things will be different. And even though he's fully recovered, that he's going to get the backfield and Latavius or something stupid isn't going to come oh. and take from him. Right. So so that's just the thing, I, at least for me. And again, I don't mean to ramble. I, I try to do sentences and not paragraphs. But to illustrate Please my don't point, stop. <laughs> to, just to illustrate my point, that that's just the thing in terms of the, the trajectory that you've got to do. So if we're looking at that steady graph, like a escalator of your of your future picks, um, basically what you're doing is this. Uh, mountain climbing expedition trying to get up Everest to get back to where you were with that value that was that was sky high everybody wanted a piece and along the way you might slip you might have to stop and camp you might think about going back and you you hope you hope that he gets back to what was and we have a case right now when we're looking at JK Dobbins everybody I was going to bring him up I was waiting for <laughs> you to finish and I'll let you go and I'll let you go but I'll just say everybody was waiting yep. desperately for J.K. to come back, and as soon as he came back, he didn't even necessarily look great, but he fell in the end zone for two touchdowns, and people were like, yeah, I'm on, let's go. And then mm -hmm. all of a sudden, the rugs pulled out again. Now where's J.K.'s value? Now what's the faith look like? And again, second year back, it gets hurt. Going into the third year, now now what does that look like? Exactly. And it starts getting scary as you as it gets later. But it, I, That's I, why I thought it. of him, because exactly, it's parallel to the Javante thing. So also a very bad uh you know acl not just the acl i think there's also what javante had and i definitely think there was a point too where i think people would have like last to prior to the beginning of the season sometimes during the off season where they would have easily given up a 23 a random 23 first for jk dobbins and mm -hmm. I, no one's going to do that now so right. it, it kind of goes to the point that both you and andrew were making about javante that that it, there's definitely a range of outcomes where that that 24 first is going to look like the much, much better piece. If he doesn't come back to where I, I, you know, I, I'm a truther. I'm still, I am still in J Mike, but uh, if he doesn't come back to, to what we all hoped he was going to be. Uh, and, and like you said, it's definitely a long road. And even if he comes back, even if he's ready by September, which I highly doubt, we don't know that they're going to give him the backfield at all in 2023. So it, it's definitely risk on, on, on my side of that trade where I'm, I'm taking Javante. I just, I'm just such a believer in the talent that I was willing to do it. And, uh, my, my, my team is junk there. I'm hoping by 2024, 20, well, by next year, it's, it's improved. It's, it's, it's not as bad as my TA four team. So I can say that, but uh, it's got some pieces already, but it's, it's, it's near the bottom. Well, uh, my TA four team is just bereft of talent, but, but and then, then that's another kind of example too, like the winning at the edges thing. Like maybe the play is with Javante. I train him for the 24 first, then in August, when he's making a big pre well, maybe not August, but September or August when he's got uh, videos coming out and maybe he does come back and scores a couple of uh, short touchdowns in a game where he goes 13 for 27 or something, but people are all excited about the touchdowns and he had a couple catches or something like that. That's when you trade him and get more than the 24 first, maybe. Well, I wanted to jump in here for a hot second too, because I just made a trade this week where it's in uh, John Bosch's kaleidoscope league. Shout out John Bosch, one of the, the masterminds of the commissioners in the world. And Kaleidoscope is one where you could pick any player you wanted in the round. And so it's a hundred copy league. 
And so like literally there are 54 copies of Pat Mahomes in this league. So that makes Pat Mahomes value pretty much nothing because everybody's already got him. Right. So it changes the whole valuation of trading. Every player is then way different than a normal 12 team league. So I sent, and again, I'm it, the way this is done too, is the top 20 teams out of the hundred get money. And the top number one obviously gets like, you know, you win the whole league or whatever. There's not really playoffs. It's just all play all season. And it's uh it's best ball, which is great. But my team is not doing great at all. Like I, I just have not, I, you know, had some struggles. Right. So I'm like, I'm in the middle, which again, worst place to be. So I sent, I have uh, Justin Jefferson still on my team. I think that's going to be good. But I sent Cooper Cup, which again, there's like nine copies of Cooper Cup. All the top guys have Cooper Cup. Uh, there's, then I sent James Conner and Cordero Patterson for Javante Williams, J.K. Dobbins, Allen Robinson, and a bid player, which I didn't have any players off the waiver. And my logic on that one was, you know, Cooper Cup is obviously in a normal league would be worth more than that. Like that doesn't make sense. But the way this league is, there's only six copies of Dobbins. There's only five, I think, copies of Williams. Like those are the kind of players at the edge to kind of get into that point too. Like you got to have a little bit of a differentiation. And I'm like, well, both of those guys are buy lows for me. And C- Cooper Cup is probably a sell high in some places. And I'm like on the Rams, which who knows what that team is doing. And I pivoted to Allen Robinson, which he's doing terrible this year, but maybe he shows up next year. I, maybe he's an even odd kind of guy, right? He's just even years of bad. So my thought too is, and again, to kind of get back to the point, when you're trying to rebuild and you're trying to you know figure out what to pivot to, if you can't get picks, I like buying risky players. I like buying injured players. I like buying low on someone like you were just kind of saying. So like even in a rebuild, I don't know if I would send a 24 first for Javante, but I wouldn't mind sending an established player like a package like Mike Evans and Keenan Allen for Javante. You know, something like that where it's like I don't mind getting rid of those players. That are scoring points. Andrew, that team did not have Mike Evans and Keenan Allen. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just saying. I'm, like, I'm just messing with you. I understand. And not in my league, but no, I'm just saying, like, those are the kind of players I'm looking at. You know, like, if I'm rebuilding and I would be, why are, we, you are, why are you acquiring a running back when you're rebuilding? Well, I'm acquiring young running backs like that and Dobbins, even too, I think still fits this mold. But a second point on this is I think we're all kind of hitting the same point, but running backs are the most fragile position in fantasy. So it's almost like if your running back gets hurt, trading for that 24 first is is a much more stable option. It allows you to kind of just lock that value in, in a sense, and let it grow. Like you said, put it in a savings account almost and just let that accrue value slowly. But with run, with receivers, I think it's different, right? Like with receivers, the valuation doesn't take nearly as much of a hit. At least it doesn't seem like it to me. And again, every league is different. But, you know, Jamar Chase being out for a few weeks, he dropped from wide receiver one to wide receiver two. Now, granted, it's two weeks and not an ACL. But I'm just saying, like, there's a lot more leeway. There's a lot more forgiveness for receivers when running backs. It's like, oh, he's hurt. He's out. He's done. He's toast. You know, all that kind of stuff. And that's why I think it's different, too, with the players you're talking about. I wanted to uh, ask you guys something. It was something that I thought of as we're talking about this whole running back thing and, and the 24 firsts and all that. Uh, I had, And this is not a hurt running back, but it's an underperforming running back. And I wanted to see what your thoughts are on this in a TA nine uh, recently, it was a week or two ago. Uh, someone put in the chat that we're selling Najee for any 23 or 24 first. And I traded a 24 first for Najee just because I thought it was good value, but is it good value? What do you, what do you think J Mike? Not is a hurt it, running yeah. back, but he's not playing well this year. He's I don't even, hurt. I have a good team, but I have a very good team, but uh, I, I, I just, I don't even need Najee. I just thought, well, that was worth it because I think, yeah. you know, 
he's going to play. He's not going to play like this the rest of his career. So it might be the rest of this year. I'm not even depending on him to do anything. I just figured it's a 24 first. It's two years out. I know uh, <clears throat> J. Mike is basically treating them the same. So I I do devalue the two years out a little bit. But but what do you think, J. Mike? I think it's really tough when, when we're looking at when we're looking at Najee's case. Najee started the year with some sort of weird injury, right, to his foot or something. Was Frank or something, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, something like that. And and for whatever reason, the expectations for him never changed. Like he started yeah. hurt with this really weird injury that we know doesn't do well by people. <laughs> yet he's still playing through it, and we're saying he's washed and not good when he's already behind a really bad offensive line and a really pedestrian offense. That the and and again nobody's like oh Deontay's washed Deontay's terrible nobody's right. saying that about like uh, about him and I'm not and that's not to say that Najee's world beater or is one that's going to break off extra long runs and things of that nature but it was explosive things that we saw last year that we're not necessarily seeing this year and I don't think it's because he's a worse player like it doesn't there's none of that makes sense to say that he's not as he's not as talented as he was last year. And with a year under his belt about what the NFL game is and like none of those things line up. So with the fact that his value never changed, now everyone's saying he's a bust. Um, I, I like the idea of getting Najee. I think the, I think the scary piece is when you think about 24, um, I think for me, even if Najee comes back and he finishes the year fine this year, the question is, what is what is his climb back? to his value to, to even be valued at a future first. Like what is that climb back for him? What does he need to do to get back to that value? Because that's one of the things, uh, and I don't want to knock down, I don't want to get, walk through or be precursor what we talk, what we want to talk about. But one of the things that Zach Reed, uh, obviously my co-host, my pal, my brother, my friend uh, from the dynasty dummies talks a lot about it is the different valuations of what value is there's trade value mm, yes. right and then there's obviously point scoring value um and there's one more that he goes through and i always forget the third one but those two specifically when you think about Najee, what what's his climb back to trade value to where people will universally look at him and say oh yeah i want Najee on my team with 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 the narrative that's around him it's just hard for me to feel like that the that the vibe is ever going to be in a positive enough place for him uh, in the amount of time that it needs to for that offense. Because, again, we don't know about Kenny Pickett. This offensive line's not good. We don't know about this offense as a whole. Jalen Warren, quote, unquote, according to many, looks better than Najee. Uh, and and all of a sudden, that we're, we're talking about a mountain of evidence in the eyes of everyone and the narrative that is this dynasty space for Najee to get back to something that people will desire or fade or fade into what Antonio Gibson became, which is like a, do you want to pay two, two seconds for Antonio Gibson? Uh, that, that type. And so uh, I find his case really intriguing. I don't mind the stab that you took, uh, but, but it's, it's just one of those things where you may be waiting a while before the value, whether it be a trade value or a point value ever really pays off the way that you want it. And by then, What's his value and how many years is he in the league? Because he's already an older back. All those things start working against him. So it's just a it's, it's really convoluted. Uh, I don't mind the stab, though. It, it, it is. And it's kind of crazy. I was I also was just thinking like in excuse me, uh, in August, I made a trade where I traded him for two firsts. 
<laughs> so, and now we're talking about a first two years out might might not be you know it's more of a stab than, than yeah. A, yeah right right See, how quick that flips <laughs> man exactly. that's how quickly that running, running back value yeah. yeah but I, yeah I, I still think I, I think there's a I think there's a decent chance he's still worth at least worth that first uh this time next year and that I don't know maybe there's maybe there could be more optimism maybe they make a couple offensive linemen signings or draft picks. Uh, maybe Kenny Pickett looks better at the end of the year. Maybe Najee looks better at the end of the year. Yeah. Uh, so I, again, it was, and I, I also have two twenty-four first, and then I'm always a little more free with my first when I have multiple. Uh, I don't collect twelve of them like Jay Mike. So right, uh, <laughs> uh, you collect twelve picks one time, and everybody yeah. freak out. <laughs> <laughs> That's Joker. Good Joker. When, yeah, when we were talking about that earlier, uh, I did want to ask you, like, when you did that. When did you decide? Did you do it from the beginning? You decided I'm going to try and get the entire first round, or did you just pick up a couple or three? And and you're like, hmm, let me. Try yeah. What point here. did you go? I'm going for all of it. That's what I want to uh, know too. Was it from the start, or is it after you got six of them? You're like, I might as well finish it off. Yeah. It. It. I believe. Uh, I don't want to mistell the story. It, it. It is a fun one, and I'll try not to reminisce too much. Uh, it all started with the year before having a really amazing team and losing out in the playoffs in right. the second round. I got a first round by, no, no. I, I think I missed out on a first round by because of the last week of this regular season, I lost a, a terrible team. Mm-hmm. I, I don't get the first round by and I lose in the first round with a team that was like, just, it, it was a really good, just normal team. It was like, I was salty, salty dog. I was bitter. <laughs> I was mad. I, I really was. And so I just remember I said, I'm blowing it up. I'm blowing it up. Actually, it was two. It was two years prior, and so I blew it up, and I started making trades. And I just remember at some point um, having a bunch of them, being like, "I don't think people understand what's happening right now." <laughs> <laughs> and I still had assets like in the se- in that next season, as my team was not performing, obviously because I had traded a bunch of stuff away, uh, and so I continued to make trades. And I just remember, like you were saying earlier, uh, Andrew, the last few picks trying to come by. Uh, were just really difficult, but that that was uh, it, it. Was more along the lines of I think I might have had maybe a handful of them at the time, and thought I think I can pull off. I think I can pull off all of them, and no one was really. Pay- and, and it's funny because we laugh about it now, and people are like, "We don't know how this happened." Everybody right. says, I, "We don't know how." Russ it happened. always says that. Yeah. Yes. I just say like I just like literally that's a league where in the first few years I've made like over hundred some odd trades. Like I just keep legitimately trade addict stuff like i just keep trading like john bosch talks about when i know he talked about it when he joined you all before andrew good trade bad trade doesn't matter keep trading um and and i just remember uh, i kept trading and then by the time i were like wait a second how does j mike have eight first or whatever and then at that point when you're making offers that people make it very difficult to refuse it like they're like whatever like you can have all the picks i've got my shot at the title or whatever and and that timing just really worked out in my favor so yeah well i, I think you're you're on the right track here though it was a year out it was it was yes. the, the playoff loss of a year out so that's like a couple of weeks from now for 24 mm-hmm. there's pretty yes. much what it is yep so i mean we are kind of in that right wheelhouse in a sense and i think uh, you, you, i i want to say like congratulations and also how dare you because now everybody's aware of this and it's like <laughs> Now nobody can ever pull that sneak off again. Like you ruined stealth for all of us, J. Mike. Thank you. I was but gonna I, say if, if you are gonna try and do it, that that intentionally, like from the beginning, that is how you would have to do yep. it. You'd have to do it. 
I would say even like start start now, getting to, or right. even earlier this season, getting twenty four first, and people won't be thinking about it and won't be realizing, like Jay Mike said, oh, he has eight now. You know, it's going to take a while for people right. to catch on to it. And that's the other thing too. When and and Zach Zach talks a lot about this. Zach re talks a lot about this. Pinpoint the class that you really want to be in on, and especially when you shoot for a class that people aren't talking all that much about um at least in the moment you can again stealth mission uh stealth bomber and all of a sudden you you can make a lot of moves in that sense but and and again this is why i don't i don't mind the future picks because when they start to cascade like that or when you get the opportunity to do that um now you're you're continually operating from a position not just of strength but of consistent flexibility I'm not locked in to any specific style of of building a roster. I can do and operate freely however I need to because I always have assets that other people will find attractive. Winners find picks attractive. Uh, Teams who are struggling find picks attractive. People who are in the middle who don't know what to do find picks attractive. Uh, And and again, when you can when you can fluctuate like that, or when you can have that that ability to kind of be whatever you need to be uh, to be an amoeba to to formulate however you need it it just brings uh for me just a calm and a peace that i, I don't i know i don't have to stress about this well i can tell you right now on those teams where i'm doing badly and i'm not looking forward to the end of this year i'm you're i'm targeting it now you're right let's go sell it off let's go blow it up for 24 mm-hmm. i think that there's a good chance that that class is better than people think and and we're not you're not hearing about it enough and Twitter might be dead in a week anyway. So like, honestly, we may not have an echo chamber anymore. So maybe this is the time to really try that out. You know what I mean? Yeah. No. I was just going to kind of piggyback on, on what kind of both of you said is that it was a, a, a good point about the uh, um, pinpointing the class and, and that the 24, like it's so overshadowed at this point by 23 because 23 is like the end all be all of draft classes. But right. if you're paying attention to like the Debbie guys um, that, that will talk about classes beyond 23, 24 is supposed to be pretty darn good too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it's a, it's kind of a sneaky uh, uh, good way to try and amass a bunch of picks is, is and a really high quality picks potentially. Um, there's just, I think a few good running backs coming out in that class. And uh, I think there might be a couple, I think there's a one or two, at least one or two high end quarterbacks well, in that class. So the other thing that I, I think this is a good point as any to bring it up, I, this sometimes gets overlooked and I know that I've played this long enough and you guys have played it longer, but there are always years where somebody stays in college. Yes. Right. There's there's always this weird thing where 23 yeah. is going to have 14 first round picks. Oh, crap. Four of them are holding over. Now, 24 is amazing. Like <laughs> it, it happens every year. Why are we shocked? Right. That. Uh, and it's just kind of like, well, why not? Let's go for it. And I, you're you're also right, Rocky. Those 23 picks are gold and you you're going to have to pay, you know, birthrights of your, your children's names and things like that. Like, it's just it's going to get crazy. 24 picks are still pretty cheap. I mean, not it, it again, this this logic has been going around for a few years now. So people that are listening to this, all this, you know, steady stream of information, like J. Mike mentioned, have heard this before. But it's still kind of interesting to see some of the people that are like, well, I'll give you a 24 first, but I won't give you a 23. And it's like, OK, you know, what I mean? like that's, I, if you yeah. value them differently and, and I don't, uh, that's a perfect trade partner. You know what I mean? Like try to see if you can get a 24 second instead of a 23 third. I've done that on a number of trades. You know what I mean? Like, why not? It's a year yeah. out. You don't care. I'll take it. You know, and to illustrate that the value is still crazy. It's like 
Uh, I forget if it's on here or on Trade Addicts, but I, I know I mentioned on, on one of these podcasts that uh, I had a, and there's a league, I had a guy's top, it's going to be, especially after the, the trade that I'm going to tell you, it's going to be a top two or three first. It was already, he's already like fourth or fifth mm. uh, where he stands now. And he gave me uh, Devontae Adams, Alvin Kamara, and DeAndre Hopkins for that first, a 24 second, and uh, Khalil Shakir. So I I got a crap load of points. I mean, I know those are all descending assets. I get that. But I'm, you know, I'm taking the shot at the title. It's a lot of points. It's a lot <laughs> of points that you can buy with those 23 first, especially because like that one was pretty, especially it was his. I told him you have to, you have to pay the, get your own first back tax. Yes. If you want this first. Yes. Cause uh, yeah, I, I, I knew like, no, that was probably going to be. And I said this in the chat because people thought it was ridiculous that he got, he gave up that much for it. Uh, I said pro- in a year, you might not be able to get CJ Stroud and you probably almost, you probably won't, or especially B. John Robinson mm-hmm. for Adams, Kamara and DeAndre Hopkins in a year who are all going to be another year older at that Absolutely. point. So that, that package is going to look, is going to pale probably in comparison to the value well, of, of those two guys. That's a great pivot point too. And I not, not kind of, on that, on that same topic, Josh and I talked about this last night, when you put up a trade poll on Twitter and you put the picks and you put the players and it's like people almost always like, Oh, that's not enough. Or, you know, I want the picks or I want the player. And then when you change it out a year later and you replace those picks with who the, the players player. were, it always ends up being that side. It almost every single time I've seen it, it's like those picks. Oh, I don't know. It's a 23 first and a 24 second. Like, I don't know who those players are. You put in there CJ Stroud and Jackson Smith and Jigba. Cause he went back, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. some crazy things can happen there. And those, those picks turn into some gold too. So yeah, happens all the time. Every year, every year we watch those guys come come back to school. Uh, just to go back to your point real quick, Andy. Yeah. Every year, every single year. Can you think about what the twenty twenty one running back class would look like uh, if it wasn't for Etienne and Najee Harris? And we're looking at Javante Williams. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> and, and on the radar prior to the year. Yeah, right. So like, all of a sudden, we went from a, a class of running backs that were like, we we don't know what this group is going to look like. To oh, Najee stays. Oh. Well, um, uh, ETN stays and not uh, Javante Williams uh, all of a sudden busts on the scene. It's like, okay, things have changed. And well, uh, even like with Chris Olave this past yeah. year, he, 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 another guy that, that came that um, waited to come out. So that I feel like that happens every year and you're, you're, you're blessed uh, with somebody who, who arises out of nowhere. Well, I'm curious as someone who does a lot more scouting than me and someone who I trust to, to have a good pulse on, on rookies, do you feel like there was an impact at all from from COVID and kind of the weird year that we went through with, you know, college players not really getting to play and some people opting out like Jamar Chase, obviously taking a whole year off. And I think there was just a lot of chaos that year of like, does this year count? Are they going to come back? Are they going to leave? Like there was a whole bunch of question marks in 2020 that I think kind of led into this 21 and 22 class being kind of uh, like, eh. like, I just feel like there was some uncertainty there. Do you feel like that's is that true, I guess? And then is that gone? Maybe is the next question. Like, is that over with now? I, I do think that it led to a lot of uncertainty because if if we can remember, and I know with this dynasty cycle, things move quickly. But if we think back, a lot of people were thinking, hey, maybe I need to get off of these picks because we don't know what these classes are going to look yeah. like. These guys aren't going to test. Um, obviously, they're, they're not, they're not going to have the combine. We're not going to have really legit numbers. Like, let's just throw it all away and punt for the future or punt for a player that you want. And, and that was a lot of the conversation at that time. Now, looking back, it's almost like everybody like, oh, what, you know, you, you had to be in on 
insert X name. And it's like, right. well, that revisionist history kind of a deal. Uh, is it still affecting players now? I, I still think we have, um, it, it, at least it seems, a larger pool of players that, that we had to deal with last year. Um, and And this year, I don't know that we have that same thing where it's like, fifth year this um sixth year that or uh, i forgot what the provision that they were calling it in the ncaa i don't know that we're hearing so much of that now a lot of these top guys that we're looking at uh we're, we're back on track with the the underclassmen with these guys who are sophomores or redshirt sophomores and juniors um not not so much of these guys who are super seniors or or, or things of that nature so i think and, and again this is my half educated scouting mind here um, it seems like we're back in a in a in a space where we're back on schedule with what the with what the classes will continue to look like or have looked like previously, but the pool of players that we dealt with over the last two were just incredibly large for what the situation was with the NCAA. Yeah, and that's kind of what I feel too. I just wasn't sure if it was. I, I think the whole COVID year and everything was was definitely chaotic for everybody. Mm-hmm. NFL, fantasy, everything. Yeah. And I think it's been a, it's been long enough. I think we are back to the the rational normal cycle i guess is the way to put it but i'm looking forward to 23 and and looking forward to seeing who these players are and who gets drafted where and like that is honestly one of my favorite times of the whole dynasty season and and i know we want to get into some of this and maybe this is a good pivot but like point scoring season versus non-point scoring season and how does that change in values you guys were talking about it just a minute ago with the rockies trade and like taking on all these points you know like you got to value players for points and for you know trade value or like you know intrinsic value that's not being kinetic value is you know like there's different ways to word this um but i think too when it comes to the draft season you see a lot of things change all over the place mm-hmm. based on you know so and so got drafted by the 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 falcons and now drake london isn't the wide receiver one so like not only is that receiver get a bump but then london gets it down so like it all kind of it, there's ripple effects too right and that's what i love about that whole time of year is that it's also pure speculation it's, it's all just I've seen a little bit of tape or I've listened to some dummies that have a podcast and I listen to them and I like what they have to say about these guys. But I don't know what's going to happen. You know, and then we got players like Nikhil Harry supposed to be, you know, the next <laughs> godsend of the New England Patriots does nothing. J.J. Arcega Whiteside for your Eagles, you know, supposed to be the next mm-hmm. Andy Isabella. Like I can go up with so many names mm-hmm. that busted. And at the time it was all speculative value and it was like all, you know, guns blazing. And so I think that's what makes value is such a hard thing to to firm up and to kind of nail down and i know you guys talk about that a lot on dummies too and i love that when you bring that kind of conversation up because you're, you're actually mentioning it here even in a few different ways where it's the 24 picks are the same value to you as the 23 it's still a first right and i think that's sometimes rocky and i i think are on the same page a little bit more closer together maybe about how two years out i do value them a little less but maybe i should stop like maybe that's where i'm losing some edge here you know Rocky, I know you were about to say something. I'll, I'll insert this. No, no, quick. I'm, I'm good. Okay, I, I just, I, I think, uh, and I feel like you said so many gems in there, Andrew. <laughs> I, I, I wish I could, I wish I could run that back. That was really good. You can listen to the podcast I when think, it comes out, and then yeah, talk. I, I, think yeah, I, will. I think I will. I'll, e- I'll even slow it down to just normal speed to, to listen Ooh. to that again. Uh, the where to begin? So I, I'm. I'm of the opinion, I guess I'll start where you ended. Um, and, and I think that people, and, and this is something that Zach and I had discussed it uh, previously, is that people have to decide what matters to them. Um, when, when we look at the point scoring season and the non-point scoring season, uh, a lot of us do this 
because we enjoy both aspects. Um, we're probably kids who grew up on Madden franchise mode Bingo. Uh, yep. and, and, and enjoyed the heck out of trading or whatever the case is. I know that that's part of my story and the story of many others. The you have to end up deciding what matters to you. And I know that people, different people will talk about which aspect is more fun to them, the end season or excuse me, the nine point scoring season or the scoring season. But when it comes to those values that you're talking about, and and I get the idea of devaluing the the future first. Um, And I, and I, and I don't know that necessarily has to be something that people change position on but it is something that you just need to consider to be able to understand the 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 landscape of your league regardless of who the league is uh that's right calvin that's right uh, <laughs> understanding that landscape and what matters to people uh, i know that if i'm in a league with rocky I know that he's going to be A-OK with going with these old man quarterbacks. <laughs> I know he's going to be A-OK parting with picks if you put him in a position to be able to care about winning right now. And and it's not and, – and and again, you you don't have to – and some folks, uh, Leo Pasiga, shout out to him. He talks about the notebook and being yeah. able to take really good notes on folks, which can be incredibly insightful and incredibly helpful in – terms of helping you build your own process and understanding what matters to you when it comes to team building. But I think that's the first question that people have to answer. And for me, the, the liquidity, the flexibility are things in this game that we play. I don't think are, are things that are easily replaced by other, um, by mm. other assets. Players can be the running back one today and they can end the season at running back seven. Um, JT came into the year hands down running back one. By the time we get to this point in the year, people are now questioning, okay, where exactly do you have JT? And even if you do have him still as a top three, top five running back, where does that put him in the entire list of first round players in in a league? We've literally, the man's done nothing but been hurt and been on an atrocious offense. And all of a sudden, the guy who was hands down with the bullet, the guy you had to pay three plus first for is now someone that people are tossing to the wayside and possibly going toward the mid or late first pushing second round uh, value by the time that we probably get to draft time next year. When these new guys come in with Bijan, Bijan will be ahead yeah. of him. CMC in San Francisco. People are going to forego the age thing. Yep. Saquon with what he's doing might fool around and be ahead yep. of him. Brees Hall Just when he comes it. back, what people love. Yep. Kenneth Walker and what he's doing. All of a sudden, all these questions are going to be coming up now as to who's ahead of him. JT's going to fool around the RB7. He's going to fool around the RB7. And he's number Walker. one with, yeah. with a bullet before the year. Yeah. And so for me, I don't like playing that game with those players in in that sense. Um, and again, if, when you're talking elite players, it's it's an interesting space, and that's a whole other discussion. Sure. But more specific to what you're talking to, Andrew, that's why for me, even the future first game, because I know that my team can be put in a position to, to do a lot of flexible things, and that is something that you can't buy with players, especially at the running back position, who can be legitimately here today and be afterthoughts tomorrow like it's in it's insane how how it works and how quickly this game moves now versus even what it did two years ago from a value yeah. standpoint player to player so th- those are just some of my thoughts on on that 
You're making me. You're making me really consider going for 24 in some of these leagues, where it's like, you know what? <laughs> I'm probably already behind the eight ball on some of them because people are are that kind of crazy too. I know there's a DTC league. I mean, it's a 14 teamer, and I I have Jamar Chase, and it's about it at this point. And I'm thinking, man, maybe I trade him for like three first. You know what I mean? Like maybe I just blow it up, and you know, he's my boy. But still, like that could be an interesting move. Like. Just get me thinking. Every time I listen to you, J. Mike, I get thinking. Jake, yeah, you just you keep amassing <laughs> those picks. It was it made me think, Andrew. Like our our dynasty junkies team. I, yeah. I, some of that started before you you came in with me to to come out. Oh no, I want all the credit. That was me. What are you talking about? Like, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I and mean, we kept doing it when you you came on. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, in twenty one and uh, 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 no, it might have been even before twenty one. But anyway, uh, that. Uh, we were already picking up like 22 picks and, and 23 picks uh, in, in 21. Uh, and it, it's paid off massively. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know, maybe, I don't know if you just want to, maybe we can even segue nicely into our, our listening yeah. updates after this, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, we, we, we were trash last year. We earned the one Oh one, I believe. Uh, if not, it was the one Oh two. And we also had the one Oh one as well. So, uh, we got Brees. Uh, I think we got Kenneth Walker, uh, and we got a bunch of other pieces because we had multiple picks. And then we started making some trades. I think we traded some of those picks before we even drafted them. And and what are we now, Andrew? What are we thirteen and two? Thirteen and two. Yeah, it was yeah. a it was double quite a good in that season. League. Yeah. So and, and I I just wanted to pull it up because I was curious. We had Brees Hall at the one hundred one, Kenneth Walker at the one hundred two. We took Christian Watson at one ten, Rashad White at two hundred seven. Isaiah Spiller at 210. What happened to that? Those guy? weren't great, Isaiah but Spiller? no, but we also had other no, picks that we traded for. Players. Oh, I know. I'm just, this is who we ended up drafting. I just think it's interesting even to look back like 211, Alec Pierce. I don't mind that. Jelani Woods could still be something. Khalil Shakir, Taekwon Thornton, Kyron and we, Williams. We included like, Alec Pierce, I think, in a trade that got us Lamar Jackson. So, yeah. 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 So, again, like we've, we've made some moves, obviously. I mean, we're, we're junkies. We trade. It's how, you know, that's pretty much Rocky's whole brand. But I mean, at the same time, like that's that's part of the fun of this. And you're making exactly the case for that, too, J. Mike, is like you get those picks. You don't have to make them. Yeah, I mean, we were able to trade to go back to what J. Mike said earlier. We were able to trade because we had a crap load of assets that were attractive to people. A lot of young players uh, or or picks, young players that were producing that we had gotten with those picks or uh, or just the picks themselves. There was basically basically what really triggered the whole thing was there was a we were looking decent going into the season. And then there was this one team that had been pretty good that decided to blow it up in like August, mm. I think, or, or July. And we made like a massive like I think there was like six players on each side of our deal, our trade. So like 12 total. And the, that really pushed us over the top. But and it's because we had all those attractive assets. We he took I think he got 24s in that deal. He got I think at least 123 in that deal plus players in that deal. I think he we had Watson, he took Watson. So there was there was a whole bunch of stuff going on, but you just like you keep amassing those assets and you can you can you can become a really good team really quick. Yeah, I mean, there have been a number of those trades. Like the one that we did where we got Lamar is where we sent Watson, Pierce, and Tony for Lamar. And I don't, I mean, Deshaun Watson is, who knows what he's going to be. You know what I mean? But Lamar is carrying our team. Like, honestly, like if that trade hadn't happened, we would not be where we were because, you know, Deshaun's not scoring points. Pierce and Tony are barely startable. So, I mean, that trade is really, you know, we made that in July. When, when we did that, it was like, okay. Now we kind of now we've got some points on the board, and that's how you value things there. So yeah, you mentioned in the quarterbacks. Though, I something else I want to point. That's kind of not something we've been talking about, but it made me. I think it's a really good piece of advice. Is 
is Andrew's big on just getting something extra thrown in, even if it doesn't seem like it's worth all that much. And I don't remember the exact trade, but he made sure we got, uh, we might've been trading away a quarterback or something. And he made sure we got the quarterback we actually wanted and Geno Smith thrown in. And now how good does that look now? We we've been starting Geno Smith over Russell Wilson for weeks. It, so. it was, yeah. So this is all because I was going to bring that trade up too. So this is one where we got Russell Wilson, who again, back in July was like, you know, top five tight or top five QB in dynasty. We got Russell Wilson, Dalvin cook, Adam Thielen, Zach Ertz, and Geno Smith. Oh, that's the giant the trade I was talking about. For mm. Justin Fields, Dawson Knox, a 23 first, which was, uh, I believe it was a different first than the person we're trading with a 23 third, a 23 fourth and a 24 first. So like one of those like, you know, massive trades that just shakes up the whole league. But I do remember I was like, get him to throw in Gino. Like, let's just take mm-hmm. another quarterback back. And that has saved us as well. Like, that's exactly mm-hmm. like we're starting Gino and Lamar every week, which is just that's what you know what I mean? Like, why would you do that? Well, kind of had to do that. So like that's where some of that stuff just gets to be fun. And I, I think, too, it, it it all ties back into value, really, all of this, because it's like, you know, if you can get an extra piece, that's free value. Right. And that's ultimately what I come down on this. And I think they're, you know. Could you have gotten more or I would have given you more? We talked about this on, on timeline when I was on there with Josh. It's like, I do like trying to get a little bit more. Like if I said to, there was someone who asked a trade question, I said, if they're offering you a trade, they want that person that you have. See if you can get them to throw in another piece. That's the mm-hmm. tax, right? You've already told me who you want. Throw in a 23 third and I'll do it. You know what I mean? Thirds get deals done. I think that's an outhouse phrase, right? <laughs> but all of that stuff is, is just an asset that you can use in another way to get your guy on another team, throw in a third. Here's that third I just got yesterday. I'll give it to you, right? And it's just a nice way to kind of like close the deal, make it easy, and it's a third. Who cares? But you do that enough, you add enough thirds to your roster, you get seconds. You add enough seconds, you get first. You add enough first, you get titles. So, I mean, it's just it's a way to get up that mountain, right? Each step matters, each little piece. And I'm not saying you have to get it, but if you can, why not? You know, ask for it. If they say no, okay, I'll take the trade. Right? Like, well, that's fine. That's close enough. I'm not going to get – there are very few times I get broken up about a trade where it's like, man, you're not going to add the third, then I won't do it. Unless the trade is like for a third. You know what I mean? Like, unless it's like such a little trade, I'm like, well, no, I need something. You know what I mean? Like, what are we doing here? But, like, if it's a massive, like a good big trade or something, like, I'm not going to let that deal breaker. Like, let's let's make it a day. But I also love throwing it in. Someone's like, you're going to – really, you're going to walk away from this deal for a third? And I'm like you're going to walk away from this deal for a third. Like it's the, you know what I mean? Like, really? That's, that's all I'm asking for. So, you know, it's, and it's it, part of the game. I love that. To your point, it doesn't always work. Like I was no. thinking um, there was one, I think where I, you had a uh, Trey Sermon, you know, you asked, asked yes. the guy if he could throw a Trey Sermon in that, that did not pan out. But I, I, there was also one where you had, I think, uh, you know, you made you asked to you know let's let's see if they'll throw in Cordero Patterson mm-hmm. coming into this season, which you know yes. we knew he had a good year last year, but nobody was thinking, yeah, he's going to do it again. And he's been when he's been healthy, he's basically been doing it again. And yeah. I, I I didn't even really care about Patterson. I was like, yeah, I know, whatever. I I don't think he's going to do it, or you know, I don't really care about getting. It. I just want to get this deal done. And you're like, no, ask him for Patterson. Yeah, and, like, and that's worked out for us too. Yeah. Well, something else, again, just while we're talking about this, I do that a lot of times when it's uh, uneven players where it's like, you know, an MFL especially, be like it'll create an invalid roster. Like, well, you got to you got to drop a player anyway. You, you know, might as well. I'll pick for you who you should drop and just send them to me. You know what I mean? That's a lot of times when I do that. If it's like two players and a pick for for one player, I'm like, well, just make a second player. So it goes through and we don't have any you know violations. But then I might as well ask for the player. You know what I mean? Like I, that way I get to pick and you're not dropping, you know, 
Trey Sermon's a terrible example, but like that one was like, <laughs> I'll take Trey. He never know. That was in March that we made that yeah. trade for Trey Sermon. Like we didn't know what he was going to be. And that was before the draft. I mean, like, so those are the kind of things that it doesn't always work, but man, it's fun to just put some, you know, put a little bit of like just seasoning, just a little, little <laughs> bit extra on the top. Like, let me just get a little salt. You know, sometimes it's too much salt. Sometimes it doesn't taste like anything, but that's the fun part for me is the trade. Yeah, and even it. like that Gino thing, I think when we did that, we didn't even know for sure that he was, it yeah. was still, is it going to be Gino? Is it going to be Drew Locke kind of mm-hmm. thing? So yeah, it, it made a lot of sense. But uh, before we move on, anything you want to, you know, comment on that we've been, me and Andrew have been babbling about here while you've just been <laughs> sitting there for like five minutes, Jay Mike? No, or- I like it. No, I like it. <laughs> I'm with it. Uh, listen, that, that extra throwing piece, I feel like that's so crucial. Um, just as as something to practice, even if you're not comfortable with it, right? Uh, for for those listening, if it's not something that you feel like is common for you or comfortable for you, uh, just ask. And it doesn't have to be that major move the mountain piece, right? Uh, get, throw that third in there. It could be Trey Sermon. Twenty four third. You want my twenty four? Yeah, it could be Trey Sermon, yeah. which is the equivalent <laughs> of like a twenty five tenth at this point. Um, like, just like whatever, whatever it is. But, but even asking, even just having that, having that uh, consistency of you understanding. Okay, I, I, <laughs> I don't want to promote this as like a, a lifestyle or anything, but like the, we talk about the disease of more, right? People constantly yes. just want to have more, right? want more stuff and even when they get to the next point i want more like okay well maybe in dynasty it's okay like just ask and if you don't get it okay keep it keep it moving but i think that's a great practice to to implement and a small thing a small way to get small wins not about winning the trade but how can i get what i want uh to be able to continue to move my team in the direction i'm I, i'd like to move i think that's that's a great advice yeah, and, and just because you've said it, I want to make sure I say this too. Winning the trade is when you accept it. There is no, that's all that matters. Yeah. Yep. You can put it on Twitter and have a bunch of random people tell you you're an idiot, but it doesn't, that doesn't matter. If it makes your team better, go for it. Did you, you know did you like enjoy it? the transaction? Yes. yes. Awesome. Then you did. If great. you both agree to it, you both <laughs> yeah, won. That's, exactly. you know, honestly, like I've never met anyone that's like, oh man, I, I lost this trade because I accepted it and I didn't want to do it. Then why'd you accept it? Like, <laughs> what are you doing? That's the whole negotiating process, right? You got to so find weird. that spot that makes you happy. And then if it's you're so happy, weird. hit accept and call it a day. Yeah, no, exactly. It's your team, man. Run it. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, um, Andrew, do you want to kind of get into the, the listening league updates or? Okay. I do because it's good news. Um, well, at least for the most part, Dynasty Junkies won. Andrew and Rocky beat Scott. And uh, that was awesome. I love beating the other co-host of the of It the is pod. fun to beat we, Scott. We had a doubleheader. We also beat Unleash the Dragon. And then Scott also lost to Pat's Nation. So we went 2-0 and and Scott went 0-2. Take that, Scott. You're not on the podcast this week. That's how his, it goes. His team is more of a rebuild in that league, to yes. be fair to Scott. But yeah. still, it doesn't, Can we, we don't need that context right now. What are you doing? Can we just take um, a quick step back just to the team name of Unleash the Dragon? Because it just takes yes. me back to the Cisco album back in the yes. late 90s, early 2000s. I'm oh, sorry. Cisco. I had to get that in. No, it, there's a lot of good people in that league. DJ won. It's a good times. But we so, were the, actually the high scorer. Rocky and I were the high scorer this week with Lamar, Gino, Hawkinson, and then that return of Patterson really helped us out. So that was fun. And obviously, like I think you said it before, Rocky, we're 11 and two in that league. I think 13 and two, something like that. Like we're we're doing a pretty good job of dominating. We're getting through it. Yes, and, uh, we are. It, that is not at all what I expected to be when we took. You know, when I started, you know, paying attention in January. I think after the season ended, you brought me on, and I think we've made a few trades. Nothing during the season. But I feel like for the most part, it's just we got kind of lucky, hit at the right spot. But having a fun time in that league and really appreciate everybody in that one. Dynasty Junkies 2, 
little bit of a different story. Uh, on that one, you've got Rocky and Scott on their team. They both they lost, and then me and yeah, Bobby we, on our team, we lost. We Bobby started and I out trying, rebuild. yeah. We started out trying to contend, and I think Scott and I are getting to that point too. It's 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 a tough league too. There's a lot of yes. smart people in there. It's a 14 team start 11, I believe. Yeah. Uh, and me and Scott were very not deep. And then we have Brees Hall and Javante Williams yeah. on that team. So that, that kind of tanked the season right there. Um, and and we, we went light at quarterback, which uh, Scott kind of did, I think, on my behalf partially. And I don't yeah. necessarily – I've said on uh, many times, I don't subscribe to that as much uh, in a 14-teamer as I do in a 12-teamer. So th- I think that's kind of hurting us a bit too. But, yeah. But, yeah. And so uh, if you're listening to anybody in Junkies too, come buy Cooper Cup from us. Thank you. That's right. That's right. And it's not going to be me and Bobby because we're even worse than you are. And we are definitely, we have JK Dobbins. we got Russell Wilson and Elijah Mitchell. Like we just, we're hurting, we're hurting. But on the other end of the spectrum, Andrew Ember again comes through. His team was the high score again. I think this is the third or fourth time he's been the high scorer. And he beat Rocky and Scott this week, pretty much smacked him. He's seven and one now uh, with uh, I think seven one or eight and one. Maybe that's off, but either way, he's, he's got Devonta Adams, Travis Kelsey, Derek Henry, on a roll like those guys are just hitting at the right spot and he is by far in first place in that league so shout out to dj too i know that chat is always on fire in the group me so appreciate you guys for for joining us on the the journey that is dynasty junkies too uh we're having fun with it even if it's not always a winner it's a good time that's what dynasty is all about you know what i mean so yeah there's your league updates there's everybody's favorite okay and Calvin. um <laughs> Uh, Cal in the chat says, and a Cisco reference. This is why J Mike is the goat. Listen, uh, C- Cisco was a vibe back then. A lot of folks that, that, don't that was the, the, the thong song, right? <laughs> that, yeah. that was one. That was one of the videos. <laughs> he had a few. He had a few uh, bangers, yeah. especially yeah. with his time with Drew Hill. That that's my favorite. Oh time, yeah. But that's again another 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 story for another pod or another day. I did want to, before we go to our final segment, I did want to, and this was put in the chat, like, I think like 45 minutes ago, but I did want to get to it in case he's listening now or listens back later. Uh, One of our, the biggest DAP network supporter that exists is recovering Ridley Truther. Uh, He's, he's in the, the trade addicts, cool kids club. He comes in the chat here all the time. Uh, I'm pretty sure he comes in the fantasy timeline chat every week. He's, he's just the best, but uh, he asked the trade question in a a 12 team, super flex, two tight end uh, premium full, you know, full PPR for everyone else retooling Uh, give Pickett playoff 23 first currently the first place team and bellinger and get watson uh which kind of adds a whole nother dimension there being deshaun watson uh but uh and he says he mentions he has two of pitts andrews godwin uh so uh what do, what do you what do you what do you think of that trade jay mike nailed it yep that's exactly <laughs> what i'm thinking like- <laughs> Back to you, Bob. <laughs> in the studio, Bob. Uh, yeah, Brave Ls is there, J. Mike. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I find it interesting for several reasons. Uh, specifically, when, when you're thinking about Deshaun Watson, uh, I think what, uh, aside from the criminal stuff uh, that he's had to deal with, can will continue to deal with all that. Do we expect uh, Deshaun Watson to be the same player 
um, that he was in Houston. Do we believe that this Cleveland offense um, is enough for him to uh, free flow? Is Kevin Stefanski going to really cater to his strengths? Um, those are just questions that I have. And obviously, Deshaun Watson's got more than enough tape, more than enough everything that says incredible player. He'll make it happen. Um, he, he He's outstanding. I hear you and I get it and I'm still nervous about it. Uh, I don't think that this is cost prohibitive. Uh, this is a look, sounds like a late 23 first. This is Kenny Pickett, which again, in, in a, in a draft where uh, normally quarterbacks are going to be going in the top of your rookie drafts. He was going in the middle to late portions of rookie drafts. Uh, and he's done nothing to this point to show that we should have taken him earlier in many instances and Daniel Billinger, who I'm like, who I like because he's an awesome athlete uh, in terms of how he tested and has shown a little in New York. Uh, and he's with Brian Dayball, which is fun, but is that going to keep you from getting a guy who's certified top five when he plays? There's a lot of questions. I think that's the right amount of risk to go get a guy like Deshaun Watson. Uh, I think, I think I'm on board with, with the Watson side. It's just, interesting when you see names now like before i kind of watched them was like a pipe dream but like we're getting close and the time's coming and, and declaring where you are on on how you're gonna how you're gonna leverage him as an asset is it's here and i think that that's a that's probably a fair price to get for him you probably could have done way less uh if you had done this sooner but um yeah i, I think that's fair i think i think it's i, I think you're you're probably making out r really nicely with with what you have especially already on your on your team yeah, and I'll, I'll kind of just jump into mine. The value, I think, I'm with you. The value seems about right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, put, I just plugged it into DTC while you were talking there, and it comes out about even. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. we're, we're not far. It's a couple of points. It doesn't matter, right? We're close enough. Um, I think the value is fine. I think the only the only question I would have is, like, how much better is your team with Watson over Pickett? And I'm not sure it's enough oh, to I send that playoff first. I just don't know because I don't know. We don't know what Watson's going to be Maybe like. Maybe not He's for gonna 2022, but in well, general. And that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's, I'm looking at it like just the rest of this season. How it, it Does this help me make a playoff run? Does this change my trajectory no, as a he, team? He said retooler. He's I don't know retooler, that he's necessarily yeah. expecting Correct. to make a playoff run. But yeah. if, that's, if I'm retooling, then I definitely don't want Watson because I just feel like someone else can have that drama. I'd much rather have the pick and, and pick it and deal with that as the pick gets closer even if it's the first place pick that on the clock, that's when I trade that pick. If I'm retooling, I don't send picks early. I think if you're trying to buy Watson low with this kind of trade, then I think you missed your window. I mean, I'm just saying like now is not the time to trade for Watson. You know, like you kind of said that too, J Mike, I would have much rather sent the late first for Watson alone in September. Right. And just been like, here, let me get somebody in September guaranteed before the season started was willing to get out on Watson. I know I was on a lot of teams. You're going to give me a first. I'll take it. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, Oh, gladly. So I, I'm just thinking, like, I don't think Pickett's as bad as everybody says. Now, granted, he's not great, but in terms of even as a retooler, <laughs> he's he's. I'm just I'm just saying he's about as risky as Watson. It's just Watson is not talent risk. It's more of is his head in the right place? It, it, the off field stuff, all that adds up. Pickett, his head's in the right place. He just doesn't have the talent or the I, line or the offense. Rocky, his tiny you... hands aren't in the right place. Okay. <laughs> Pick my strong hand. Uh... <laughs> 
<laughs> um, Rocky, before you go, I just want to I want to ask a quick question and I'd love for you to build on that. And Andrew, if you want to come back to it, great. Um, the, the, how do how does how does ceiling play into your evaluation? Because not even in this trade, but generally speaking, when you're thinking about building a team or when you're thinking about making a move like this, uh, essentially what it sounds like what really truther is doing is he says, I know that this is like kind of what the ceiling of my team would be with these general assets. Um, and Watson brings you a clear difference maker with mm-hmm. the history of his play. And so that that is that says, hey, this now puts this position QB one on my team to a different place that is now outscoring the majority of my league mates if he gets back to what he was. Now, obviously, that's a question. But I'm curious, how do you all value ceiling in especially in these instances? Well, well I'll answer it first and then let Rocky go because okay. I want to I want to finish this analysis for a hot second. I'm saying I would I don't mind the value and I don't mind the trade. I'm not saying don't make the trade. Hmm. I think ceiling definitely comes into play here. And I definitely think Watson has the biggest ceiling of anyone in this trade. I mean, let's be honest, Watson's ceiling is higher than Bellinger. That's for sure. Uh, definitely higher than small hands picket. What I'm what I guess what I was getting at in some of this was why are you targeting Watson with this trade? Why not send Pickett a playoff first and Bellinger for I don't know, a depreciating Herbert? Or, you know, someone no, like... No, because no one's doing that. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not saying straight up. I'm saying take these assets and instead of investing them in Watson, invest these assets and more or other assets and get a better QB. That's all I'm saying. Like, I would want someone I with a higher floor. I don't think you're getting many kid, better QBs. No no, no, no. I'm not... Okay. I'm not saying <laughs> pick it, playoff 23 first and Bellinger equals Herbert. I'm saying take these same three assets, add your 24 first and see if that's enough for Herbert. Right? I'm saying like... Don't I, I'm just saying don't trade these assets for that asset and if there's a better option out there. And, or like and I'm not even saying like that take well, Herbert, just, say Burrow. You know what I mean? You've got Tua. Let's say you go for Burrow. Let's say you trade for Trevor Lawrence, take out Bellinger and see if this is enough for Lawrence. Like that's what I'm trying to say. Like, I just wouldn't be targeting Watson right now. That's all well, I'm saying. Like, I would rather get someone else. What J Mike asked about ceiling for me, because he kind yeah. of read my mind is this was so easily Watson for me compared to what you two were saying is because Watson is Watson's the only difference making piece yes. likely in this trade. Maybe the 112 ends up being a difference maker, but we have no idea of that I'd probably for yeah. two to three years from now. Uh, and it, it's, that's the difference to me. And I, that's also why I would not, I don't think you're, I don't even know that you can, I personally would not, if I actually do, uh, you know, oddly enough have a couple herbert shares um and i would not trade him for those three pieces plus something else because i want the difference maker. i know he's not playing like a difference maker now but i want the difference maker i don't want to break him down into a guy i think i think both watson and herbert's floor is higher than Pickett's ceiling so Mm. I, i would have no interest in that uh and yeah the picks are nice and you can turn them into other things but It's it's a whole bunch of risk for for two guys. Again, I think even if Watson isn't Houston Watson, I think he's still going to be a very good quarterback. I uh, I disagree. I think his floor is QB twenty six. Oh, I, I think he can not. come out. I, I know. Unless you're talking okay. about him getting suspended again, I don't well, think that that's floor, part of it. Honestly, well, like that is. Part I of take that, that out of it. You, I can't get you know Zeke five years ago could have been suspended again too, and he sure. was not. So sure. Uh, and and Brandon Cooks could be was one concussion away from being out of the league for the last well, hang on now if we're, if we're 
going to remove random things, then Kenny Pickett's <laughs> going to be a star. He's a ceiling as, as QB1. Like, we're just going to make shit up. Let's make shit up. You know what I mean? Like, I'm fine with yeah, that. I'm not making I'm, shit up. What are you talking about? Well, just saying, you can't, you got to be honest. Like, there is a chance that Deshaun Watson plays. Yes, there's a games. minimal chance that he gets suspended. There's a minimal Maybe more chance than minimal. that Pickett is QB1. That's what I'm saying. Like, oh, my God. Very no, there is no <laughs> chance that Pickett is. There's, there's a huge difference between those two things. <laughs> I, I know, I know. I'm just saying, we've got to There's like a point zero. Zero 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 one percent chance that Pickett is the QB one. Uh, I'm not disagreeing <laughs> with that statement. I'm not. I'm I'm using this to prove a point in a sense and kind of make a bigger <laughs> argument. Is that I think Watson has a low floor and a high ceiling. You I think I don't think as a player take take the suspension part out of it. Even as not, a player, I think like, he does. No, he hasn't do played for over Where a year. Where did you get he, that from? Because he did. That's the only reason. Because he hasn't played. He's never not shown the only play not the only like reason. that. Would you? Why? I would love to explain why. You ready? And because he's playing for the Browns? No, well, that's obviously that's part of it, right? <laughs> that offense is new to him. That offense isn't great. They've done okay with Jacoby Brissett. Amari Cooper does terrific at home, terrible on the road. We've already seen it, right? Every touchdown he's got. And again, I'm not so talking about 2022. I don't care no, about no. 2022. Let me season. finish, man. What I'm saying I'm is just his telling you. Who, behind <laughs> behind Amari me. Cooper, who else is on that team? You got David Bell, I know you like, hasn't done anything. And Joku maybe could be something if he does that right. Who's Chubb is going to run the ball. Who's on that team in 2023? It could be all of them. That they didn't even trade Hunt at the deadline. Or it this could team be somebody wants... that's not on the team right now that's even better. Or it could be a boat. I'm, <laughs> I'm telling you, like, it, listen, like, I, I'm just saying his floor is not as high as I don't think. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm saying I disagree, and I'm trying to explain why I disagree. I'm thinking his floor is still low. His it, it, there is still a non-zero chance that he is out of the league. Anymore. You know what I mean? There's something like that. So it's just just one of those things. I think it's possible, and I guess we'll see how it goes. I get, and I know he's a rookie, but I believe Jacoby Brissett has more points per game than Kenny Pickett. So, uh, it, unless you think his floor is, and I know Kenny Pickett's going to be better, so that's that's kind of cheating. But is the gap between Jacoby Brissett and Deshaun Watson to me is huge, also, and he's right, right. now playing better than Kenny rookie Kenny Pickett. I, I just don't think Kenny Pickett's going to increase by. I mean, I could be wrong. Uh, I was worried about Zach Wilson, but I could be wrong about Kenny Pickett. So uh, I just, I just, I don't think he's necessarily going to be as bad as say as Zach Wilson. I just don't see him ever being more than average. And I think worst case scenario, factoring in the Browns, factoring in not playing a year, that Watson will be average. Worst case scenario, he'll be QB twelve to thirteen or something like twelve to fourteen, fifteen that range, something like that. That's his. That's his. That to me is his. I, I don't see any scenario based on play alone, that he's QB 26. We'll see. Again, <laughs> points per game, not for the whole season, obviously. He's missed this a bunch of This was fun, though. We don't argue enough, Andrew. I know. We usually I know. agree too much, so that was yeah. fun. Um, but we're, we, we've been, I told Andrew, I, I say this all the time, I think it's like, we don't have much of a show sheet, so it's really loose. We're not, we're, this will probably be a short show, and we're 116 <laughs> in, and we still have to do um, our last segment, which is find me a trade <laughs> so had to get that in there okay so uh, i'll go through the settings uh, andrew you have the roster up or, okay. I'll bring it up yep okay so uh it is a 12 team one qb ppr i believe no tight end premium uh start nine uh, 24 man roster start nine so smaller rosters smaller starting lineup no super flex uh qb two running backs three wide receivers tight end and two flex 
Um, it's submitted by um, Dave Kirk at Havoc Number Nine on Twitter, and Dave says uh, he took over an orphan a few years ago. Have been rebuilding. Good young core, six and three, but not sure if I should try to go all in for the win this season. And uh, I'll get into what I think of that last part. But uh, Andrew, when you go through the roster. Sure. Yeah. So it's again, 24 players. I mean, this is a short bench. This is a short roster. And I, I love these. This changes the whole calculus of the thing. So quarterback has got five starting quarterbacks. If you count Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson, Matt Stafford, Geno Smith, Mac Jones and Daniel Jones. Running back, he's got Saquon Barkley, J.K. Dobbins, David Montgomery, Naheem Hines, Deonta Foreman, Samir White, Hassan Haskins. Receiver, he's got T. Higgins, J- Jerry Judy, Marvin Jones, D.J. Moore, Christian Watson, Brandon Cooks, Brandon Ayuk, Devin Duvernay. Tight end, he's got Harrison Bryant, Ger- Gerald Everett, Hunter Henry, uh, James Mitchell, which is a nice up-and-comer, and then on IR, Javante Williams. Ooh, this team is, is one of those teams that you're looking at it going in the year like, oh, I got this. I got this. And six and three, I can see why he's got Javante and JK. Like we talked about, he, you know, there, there is definitely some question marks on this team. So Rocky, if you want to get into yours first, maybe or kind of get what you wanted to say about it. Yeah, it. sure. Uh, and that was that he mentions, uh, what, what, what exactly did he say? He's trying to Going see in for the season, all in yeah. to win this season. Yeah. And he's six and three. So I could get why he even think that, but, uh, just looking at it when I, you know, when I pulled it up, uh, I, I did not seem like a, a a contender, like like a top three type contender to me. And he's I, that was backed up by looking. He's tenth in points in the league, even though he's six and three. He's tenth in points. That to me is that's a lot of luck, basically. Uh, and he's got some injuries now. He's got Javante. He's got Dobbins, like you said. Uh, so. I am not looking to try and do anything to win this year. So I, I, I did something more where I was trying to get a couple longer term assets uh, to hopefully look towards next year. And I did sending Dobbins and Monk, uh, David Montgomery to team get Swifty for Hollywood Brown and a 23 second. Uh, the guy gets Swifty is a very middle of the pack team, but he's, certainly can dream of playoff contention i think more so than our guy can he actually has one less win he's at five and four but uh definitely a lot more points uh this league has divisions i think he's second in his division and he's hurting at the running back position badly he's got saquon and then after that it's the two injured guys uh he does have um uh, I'm sorry. I'm looking at the, the uh, our team. Yeah, his team is even worse. He has Swift, and then after that, nothing. So uh, it's Jarek McKinnon, J.D. McKissick, and Craig Reynolds. That's it. Uh, so he he's got nothing at running back, but it's still somehow kind of hanging in there because he has Jalen Hurts, even in one quarterback. That's that's a big boost for you. Uh, and he's got a pretty good receiving core. He's actually got Waddle and Tyreek Hill. Uh, he's got Chris Olave. Um, he does have Hollywood who was helping him earlier in the year. So it, it's not a team that if, if I was running get Swifty that I necessarily think is going to win. But if you have the right kind of manager who wants to try and like, like the guy that, that submitted the find me a trade might want to try and make a playoff push. Um, th- it might make sense. Dobbins, he obviously doesn't have right now, but he also doesn't have Hollywood right now. So it kind of balances out, I think. And he can dream of, you know, I'll have Dobbins back for my playoff run come week 13, week 14. Uh, Montgomery helps him now with his RB2 slot. I believe he had to start too also, correct? Yeah. Yes. So he's got, like I said, right now, I would assume he's starting like 
J.D. McKissick or Jarek McKinnon. So uh, so it helps him now with Montgomery. It helps him uh, later this year. Uh, it might be more beneficial for him to have another running back like Dobbins than it would a returning Hollywood Brown. And our guy gets two guys. I, I'm a big Hollywood Brown fan. Uh, I love what I saw from him with Al Hopkins earlier this year. Uh, who knows what, what Hopkins is next year. He's, he's played great since coming back in a couple of games, but he will be yet another year older next year. So I could see Hollywood kind of, uh, both playing well, but Hollywood taking more of the number one role more, at least in terms of targets and things like that. So, and you get the second, which is nice. So, so that's, that's, that's where I went Two longer, longer term assets, shove off those running backs uh, that are going to probably be useless. Definitely Montgomery, I think, is not going to give you much uh, going forward. And and Dobbins, who knows? So so any thoughts, Jay, Mike, on, on that trade? The, the, the more that I think about this team for Quan, uh, the more that I think maybe even though he's not quite there, I, I, I do think that he's got the makings to put himself in a position to contend, but it, it involves that you 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 have to find a home for J.K. and you have to find a home for Javante, and I think immediately his team takes on a whole different tenor. Because even if you don't love David Montgomery, um, I think you can just he can he can get by with what he's got at running back. Mm-hmm. But but I think that like even those two players, and and if you can upgrade all the way up to Waddle, uh, moving the three players that you talk through, I, I think that that's like home run stuff. <laughs> so well, yeah, uh, so that, that was my trade on the sheet there. And that's why I was going to pivot here is just say, I'm with you hundred percent on this. I think you're yeah. on the right track rack. We both targeted get Swifty. And I think that the thing that I was looking at on this team is I, I don't mind in a single IR kind of league stashing Javante on that one spot and kind of seeing how it plays out and kind of giving yourself a little bit of an out. Also, I don't quite know the trade deadline. Some of these leagues that we talk about have early ones. Some don't have any at all. But Javante is one that I would probably keep in my back pocket as long as possible. I just feel like Javante is someone you could probably trade, you know, later in the year in the offseason if you can, if you can hold on to that. I am with you, though, entirely on getting rid of, of Dobbins. So my trade was to send Matt Stafford, J.K. Dobbins, and Christian Watson for Jalen Waddell. And, and the, the point of that is you don't really have, like, a stud receiver on this team. You've got some guys that are right there. You know, you got Higgins, you got DJ Moore, Judy should have been there. You could get there. Like these are all question marks. I'd rather go all in on a retool, send a quarterback. You've got an extra quarterback, send an older one, especially send Stafford, uh, maybe even send Gino if you want. I mean, not both of them perhaps, but I would look at this like, all right, I can maybe do this trade to kind of build for now, get, get some points in my lineup because Dobbins and Watson are not in my lineup. It's unlikely that Stafford is and Waddle will always be in your lineup. You don't have to think about it. So I'd much rather have Waddle on that team. And that way you're also getting younger in a sense. You're getting rid of Watson, but you're getting younger and better overall on the kind of trade. So that was where my thoughts were. And I think that's kind of what you were getting into a little bit there, Jim. Yeah. And I want to be fair to Rocky. Um, I, 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 I'm not really a Hollywood fan. Um, and that's not to say that he can't or won't be like really good in what could be a fun offense in Arizona. I just don't. I think in this in this spot, and even if I'm like falling back and trying not to to do more, like I I I, I want to be able to try to shoot for more for me for more fun than than someone like Hollywood. Um, but but yeah, I think the 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 
the tenor of the Waddle trade is more along the lines of what I would be like really excited about because I think that that really starts to again I think Waddle's more volatile than people lead on and I and I'm a huge with Jalen Waddle fan but just in terms of what he's been for this offense thus far he's balled out often um, but there's also been these games where he's got four or five catches uh, and not the nine catches. Um, but Tyreek is consistently busting people's heads in week in and week out. So Waddle's the piece that, again, we talk about raising the ceiling of your team. That's awesome. Let's put him in with what we want to do. And we're okay with parting with those pieces that we, uh, that we part with there uh, to get to something like that. I I like that a lot, actually. I, I would love that if, if the other team would do it, I just, and maybe this is part of my bias. Cause why I love Waddle. Yeah. I agree. I have him way higher than Hollywood. I Waddle's like my wide receiver four. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, but I just, to me, Matthew Stafford and Christian Watson have in a one QB have almost no value. So mm-hmm. you're trying to get Waddle for JK Dobbins essentially. And I don't know if that can get done. I mean, it's worth to try it. I just don't know if it can get done. And that was part of my problem with the trying to find him a trade is that I didn't know. He didn't really have any pieces that I necessarily, I didn't think had big pieces to pull in another big, like older big pieces that I wanted to get rid of. And like I said, I was not trying to get him stuff for this year. Yeah. I was trying to get him, you know, which Waddle would be a piece for the future. I just didn't think he had the pieces to sell. Uh, if he's trying to go now for later, uh, it's not is like I said. It's not really there. There's just a lot of nice pieces I like, but I nothing like that sticks out. Like oh, this guy's a top five wide receiver, or top ten wide receiver, or top ten running back. Um, for the most part, other than I think uh, he had Barkley. Quan. Yeah. yeah, but and and you could sell Barkley. You could certainly do that. That would be the one move that you could make. I still think even it, like I I think this guy could possibly compete next year, and I think Barkley helps with that, which is why I didn't want to move him as well. Well, and just to kind of pivot into the second option I had for that trade was talking about Watson before is descending to Sean Watson and Devin Duvernay or some other, you know, bench receiver and to get Swifty again, just to kind of keep on that one player at one team uh, <laughs> for Waddle and Wentz. And, and the logic there being, I'm not sure that first trade works either, but if you're, if I'm the other team and I'm getting a quarterback without having to send one, sometimes mm-hmm. that adds a little bit of a boost to make that mm-hmm. possible. The other thought was if he doesn't go for that, like, all right, well, here's another trade where you're going to get, Deshaun Watson, which really helps his quarterback room, which again at the time is just Jalen Hurts and Carson Wentz, Andy Dalton. Like it's bleak after that. So, like then you've got Hurts and Watson, which could both be top 10 quarterbacks. And I know a lot of people really like Deshaun Watson, like you were talking about before, Rocky, is like that next QB1 overall. If you believe that, you know, if you think that's the guy, you know, all you got to give up is Wentz, who is a, a one or two year rental, and Waddle, which is obviously a valuable player. But a year from now, I, I don't think I'd be shocked to see Deshaun Watson getting picked ahead of Waddle and startups. Right. I mean, like that, that's probably the case because by then we'll all have forgotten about all this. Sure. You know, he will be playing. He won't have any cases. He won't be drama. He could very easily be the QB two, three, four. Like you said, I'm not arguing against that. I'm just saying what I was saying was that his floor was low, which I don't think changes, but I'd much rather have a more stable asset like Waddle than Watson. Anyway, that's just how I like to play it. And I think both of these trades are good options. If you're into either of those, you know? I want to let Jay Mike go, but I was just real quick. I was just going to say, uh, I looking at these two trades, I would even personally consider sending Deshaun and Dobbins for Waddle. So I thought about doing that one too. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That'd be fun. Like combining them together and uh, and and giving the two best assets. I love child. And, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and yeah, I think I, I would 
be per I like I said, but I I am very high on Waddle, so I, I think I'm I'm probably a little higher than the consensus. But but Jay, Mike, you really sound like you had some thoughts there. Well, no, I I think you encompassed them pretty well in terms of putting those two trades together. I have one that I wanted to throw out myself after taking a taking a gander at them. Um, if you look over at the Ghost Monkeys, um, the Ghost Monkeys are kind of a middling team. They're sitting at four and five. Um, but they've got some interesting pieces and, and with a lot of folks hurt right now, like they, it's almost like they're going to, they're going to be tossing in the towel to some degree. I guess my question would be, could I, could I take, could I pair JK and Javante? And I know you don't necessarily want to, but could I pair JK and Javante to get the likes of, uh, maybe a Christian Kirk and Juju or, even shooting up to Debo with Debo being someone who now that CMC's there, people aren't as excited about, or could you maybe strike a deal where you end up getting Ramondre back? Who's a running back that can actually help your running back room and the likes of Christian Kirk or something like that. I'm just trying to think of if, if you are really wanting to, to be awesome now, I think that would be really cool to, to be able to tap into this team because between Juju Debo Christian Kirk and Ramondre Stevenson, I think you can piece and pair together something that works to to really strengthen your team and send those either running backs out or even if you pair uh, Deshaun uh, to go get to go get weird. I think that could be a lot of fun for you. So, what do you guys think about about that? I, I like. I think you could pull Debo with this, sending both of those guys, mm-hmm. uh, and I kind of like that because I think people, like you said, I think they are pretty down on Debo right now and I still think he's he's going to be pretty damn good uh it, as long as he's healthy he last year like I think people see Christian McCaffrey come and now they know you know Debo's not going to have the running back you know aspect to him but I I was harping on this uh after you know all non-point scoring season because he you know everybody said he did it the second half of last year. That's not going to happen again. But the first half of last year, he was getting targeted like crazy. And I know CMC is going to take some of that away too. But he was very good just as a pure receiver. It's not all just the fact that they used him in this multi-purpose role. Uh, he he was fine as a pure receiver. So I, I still think he can get back to that. He's still not he's not young anymore, but he's not old. He's in that like 25, 26 range, I believe. Uh, so I would like to do, I would like to better do it for Debo, um, even if Christian Kirk maybe is scoring a little more right now. But again, I uh, my mindset is all different from Jay Mike's on this team, so uh, I, I like the, the he's more of a future, especially with them adding Calvin Ridley. They obviously want to improve uh, receiver and maybe kind of make Kirk more that that number two role that, that that he's a very good number number two on a team and not the guy they want to be targeting all the time going forward. But, what? but for 22, you know, Kirk could just be as good as Debo points wise. When I, I'll pivot in a little bit of an angle on that. I did look at ghost monkeys cause he's got Jamar chase. And again, I'm a Bengals fan unabashedly. So, and I, you know, Jamar chase is a top five dynasty asset, I think in most leagues right now. So I think that's the kind of player you need on this kind of team. And I think what I'd be, you know, I didn't make a trade for this, but I was like, I would be willing to send like Javante Barkley and uh, Higgins. You know what I mean? Like kind of pivot up from Higgins. Well, yeah, Barkley, Javante and Higgins for Chase. I don't think that's unfair. 
And I think what it does is it consolidates your team. And again, on a 24 player roster, consolidation should always be in the back of your mind because there's probably a ton of players on waivers, not a ton of players. There's probably players on waivers. You are okay. Starting in a, in a pinch in the start, uh, start 10 kind of thing like this. So I would be looking at something like that. But then I was like, man, I don't know if I, I just, I feel like I do a lot of Bengals trades and I was like, no, let me go a different direction. And I think Waddles in that same realm in my, and I think Rocky, you're probably agreeing with me in this Waddles in that same realm, but much cheaper to acquire. And mm-hmm. that's kind of why I was thinking, well, all right, then I'll go get the, the, the you know, the dollar store version of Jamar chase right now mm-hmm. uh, and go get Waddle for a little bit less. But I like where your head's at on that one, J Mike, I'm with you. That's not a bad trade. And that's the kind of move that can help you out. If you can get two of those starters like that, maybe you go in this year, maybe that works. I'm with you. I think the moral of the story for for the, the wrath of Quan, we don't we don't love your prospects in the playoffs. You you are gonna have to get really really creative <laughs> gonna, if you yeah, want to do it's this. It takes some luck. <laughs> yeah, gotta, yeah, definitely. Um, but but that's uh, our last trade. So that'll finish this up here. Uh, I want to thank J Mike again for coming on tonight. Uh, I know he's a very busy man. Uh, so we've been trying to get him on for a while. We finally did. And uh, I'm going to just keep hounding you until you actually do that one open bar episode. So, uh, but just uh, why don't you just sign off? You let everybody know uh, your Twitter, anything else you want to throw out there to the people. Tonight was way too much fun. Uh, This is, (laughs) this is definitely one of the many reasons why I thoroughly enjoy uh, not just this podcast, but this space uh is guys like you all and being able to build the relationships and got to hang out with andrew this summer which was fun Uh, and obviously i got to got to meet rocky for the first time in person too oh yes i meant to mention in your Uh, intro also one of the best huggers in the world (laughs) russ is one of the most frequent huggers but i think j mike is the best hugger it's a it's a strong wide base that i have strong wide (laughs) shoulders you know it's a lot going on there uh i'm on twitter at j mike check uh, and uh, again, one half of the Open Bar podcast with my man Gabe Gearing at FF Man Bun, and one half of the Dynasty Dummies over at the DFPN Network, the only network in town with my main man Zach Reed at Tacit Assassin 13. Uh, and again, I'm just grateful to be able to share this time with you guys. Thank you for having me. Uh, as, as someone who hasn't really been heavy in the podcast streets, uh, I still listen quite a bit. And it's always great to be able to hear y'all's voices and catch up, obviously, in this space. So thank you. I appreciate you, uh, and I look forward to chopping it up with y'all again sometime soon. Thank you. The only always. at work you'll ever need. <laughs> <laughs> and it's always great to hear your voice too, J. Mike. So that's right. Um, I will just say uh, you can follow me at Dynasty FF Addict, Andrew at Andrew Hall FF, uh, Scott at Scott underscore Sidlow. I guess I, I don't think you guys mentioned it last week. I don't know if we can forget exactly when it happened, but I guess now is the time to mention it. Uh, I believe Bobby, uh, Bobby Koch, who's been uh, filling in for us here and there, um, was our fourth co-host. He is kind of he stepped out of retirement to come join us, and he's I think he's kind of stepping back in. Uh, so I want to thank Bobby for all he's done uh, hosting with us. Um, just talking with us on our dm chats and 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 talking football talking fantasy so uh maybe he'll show up again i don't know but it's not going to be on the semi-regular basis that it was so so appreciate you bobby um also follow the dap network at dap underscore network we're at dynasty junkies uh follow everything on youtube and subscribe to the podcast give us a rating review five stars think that's it andrew finishes up
Oh, thanks for everyone hanging out in the chat. Obviously, we had Recovering Ridley Truther. We had Calvin, obviously been a guest on the show. Anyone else that is listening live and, and not maybe not enjoying the, as much at the end of this Thursday night football game, that's perfectly fine. That's what we like to do. But if you're listening later and you want to hit us up, always send us a DM, tag us on Twitter, get us in those polls. But for everybody listening, for everyone in the room, J-Mike, my friend, Rocky, love you here. Junkies out. Junkies out.